Hi, my name is Timothy Weatherall, and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio. I'm Donna Chicky with Beach Corner on BeachBoosterRadio.com, your backstage pass for all your local entertainment. Have you ever wanted to write a book but felt challenged by the rules of our English language? My guest today is Wasaga Beach resident Timothy Weatherall, author of The Incarnations of Joe, a three-part fantasy fiction series with the first published book in a series called The Key, released July 22nd. His book has been chosen to be featured on the cover of Friesen Press's first ever fall book, Catalog. Timothy is a resident of Wasaga Beach and spent most of his childhood on his family farm in Simcoe County. He is married and father of two sons. He is co-founder of the Collingwood Skateboard Park and coach for both minor hockey and soccer. Timothy recalls getting frustrated in school with his English class. He would get high marks only to barely pass after spelling deductions. He began to lose interest in school. In grade 12, with only a month left in English class, his teacher kept asking why he keeps coming back. She would never pass him. The experience stuck with him, and now later in life, feeling more confident, he decided to put words to paper, although he never wrote a book and only read one in the past 20 years. The Incarnations of Joe is a story about a very old soul given a great gift and a task by God long ago. Having abandoned his task to live as a common person, the soul now known as Joe is completely unaware of the role he plays in a secret war between God and the devil. Timothy will share his experience of writing his first book and how it feels to be an author. Don't go away, we'll be right back with Timothy Weatherall, author of The Incarnations of Joe, The Key. You're listening to Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio with Saga Beach's local online radio. I'm Dale Goldhawk and you're listening to BeachBoosterRadio.com. You're listening to Beach Corner on BeachBoosterRadio.com. Today on the show, I have Timothy Weatherall author of The Incarnations of Joe, a three-part fantasy fiction series with the first published book in the series called The Key, released on July 22nd. Timothy's a resident of Wasaga Beach and spent most of his childhood on his family's farm in Simcoe County. He's a married man and father of two sons, and he's co-founder of the Collingwood Skateboard Park and coach for both minor hockey and soccer. So welcome to Beach Corner. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. So I hear you struggled to master written English while in school, and your nemesis has always been spelling, grammar, and reading. I mean, who else? We can all share that. So how did you become an author? Uh, yeah, that's absolutely correct. I'm someone who, you know, in terms of uh, schooling, I didn't struggle across the board. I had a lot of subjects where I really excelled, and then spelling and sort of the grammar side of things, I really struggled. So um Part of my problem is actually that my mind, uh, in terms of coming up with words and that, functions so fast that my hand can't keep up, and it's just sort of a you know things would just fall apart. Um, so it's it's actually sort of related. One is related to the other. And growing up, when I did back in sort of time, I didn't have a lot of the advantages that we have today with say spelling, uh, check on your computers, and so on. Which is so nice. So nice. Everything was handwritten. So. I was really in a, a disadvantageous world uh, at that point. Always had the words, um, always was fine with speaking, but when it came to translating that into writing, big problem. So I think for, for so long, I just sort of avoided what was natural to me, which, which is telling stories and, and, and you know, creative side of things. And as the world kind of moved on and technology changed and I 
matured and grew up and got older, um, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to overcome those obstacles. It's a little bit easier now. I'm a little bit uh, more mature now and uh, dedicated now. And I did something that I probably should have done a long, long time ago. Um, and it, it was it was always there. It just it probably waited too long. So this book came out July twenty second. So when did you really you know start thinking this is what you wanted to do? When did you write this book? That's what I'm trying to find out. The book started um, ideas. I mean, I had them a long, long, long many years ago. I can't couldn't tell you exactly. The actual physical writing of the book started about two years ago. Okay. And when I sat down and started, I didn't know if I was ever going to finish. I, I had this idea. I talked to. Um, some co-workers at, at work and you know about it and they were into writing in school and things like that and I thought I need to try this and one of the things you know the first things you, you are always told is beginning is the hardest part and I thought okay once I start it's all downhill right I've started and what I realized is you have to restart every day you know it, it's not like once you start it gets easier it's every day is starting that process again and uh, the farther you get the sort of more engaged you are, the more belief you have in yourself. You know, I'm a little bit closer. That goal's a little bit closer. I think what I've done's not so bad. Maybe, uh, maybe I can do it. And uh, I think probably I wasn't until about a year into the process when I had reached sort of that halfway point and started uh, researching publishing and started talking to different companies related to publishing. It probably wasn't until more than a year into the project that I actually realized. I think I got a pretty good shot at finishing this. Um, so a very long process. And then another year uh, beyond that point before it actually had a book in my hands. So. Nice. So do you find your childhood has helped shape this book? I mean, this is a good-sized book here. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of my childhood, first of all, being raised on a, on a family farm, um, I, loving uh, you know nature, outdoors, uh, that sort of stuff, and a lot of creativity uh, back uh, pre-video game days. So uh, when when I'm looking sort of for entertainment or things, I, I use my mind, my imagination a lot more so uh, maybe than uh, if I had been raised um, in town. And uh, in terms of the storyline, it, it is absolute sort of fantasy fiction. Um, people will look to see things within this book and say hey I think that's a little bit of um, Tim coming out It's it, certainly you can draw those connections but it, it's really unintentional um, it, it is pure, pure fix in fantasy so as you're saying this is classified as a fantasy fiction So, but it's also close to a horror novel at times you mentioned so can you tell us a little bit about the story of the first series The Key so the, the story uh, focuses around uh, a boy who in book one is uh, Joe, a 17-year-old boy. The story takes place essentially only over about a three-month period, uh, beginning in 1960, ending in early 1961. And uh, Joe uh, thinks he's just a regular 17-year-old boy uh, with 17-year-old boy problems, uh, living in the, the deep north, the Northwest Territory, so in certainly isolation. And... Uh, Oh, it isn't known by Joe is that Joe is a very old soul, uh, an old soul that was given uh, a very, very special gift and a task by God, uh, a task that he walked away from uh, in order to live sort of as a, as a common soul, as a regular person. And uh, because the nature of his gift, um, he's now sort of sought after by good and evil, God and the devil, um, because this gift that he has, that he's unaware he has, could actually change the balance of power in that sort of struggle uh, between good and evil. Um, so 
Joe is essentially a very important person, uh, an old soul sought after by both sides or to control. And where's the horror? Where does that come in? Because some of the pictures are a little scary. It's really yeah. not for uh, young kids to, to read. It's not no. a bedtime story, for sure. No, absolutely not. Yeah, there's um, certainly um, in terms of some of the, the suggestion um, for sort of the, the violent side of it, um, this is... Uh, a world without mercy there there are high stakes and uh high consequences so um you know uh, death has come to the valley and uh consequences must be paid as as the 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 back cover reads so yeah in terms of um the atmosphere is is in the northwest territories it is winter so you have a very cold environment um freezing cold um so you have a lot of that sort of dark uh short days five hour days so there's a very dark um cold environment very harsh environment where death is always around the corner naturally and then when you sort of bring in these other ingredients um this definitely create scenes that were horrific horrific uh, so in your book you you say joe is not a hero a villain or a victim so Describe what kind of human being is Joe? Because you said he's an old soul. So That's what right. is he? So one of the things that I, I really, as a goal for the book, as a writer, you know, there are certain things that you want to do. And if we look at sort of uh, society and we look at our media and our movies, um, quite often we have, in, in comic strips I think are, are pretty common, where you have a very clearly defined villains and very clearly defined heroes and the, the hero is all golden. They're nothing but good and the villain is nothing but evil. And the reality is in our world that people are, tend to be a little bit of both. You know, uh, there, There's always a little bit of good in the bad people and a little bit of bad in the, in the, in the good people. And sometimes good and evil are subjective. So if we look at, um, say, global conflict or, or historical wars or things like that, Everybody thinks they're the good guy fighting the enemy, and you know the other the other guys thinking the same thing. We're the good guy fighting the enemy. So Joe is put into situations where you might think he does the wrong thing, but for the right reason, um, or you might think that you know he does the right thing for or, or, you know what I mean. So it's it's sort of uh, it leaves it up to the reader to decide. So it, it's intended to challenge. Um, the mind of the reader a, a little bit uh, and the characters are not clearly defined the villains are are not all bad and uh, Joe could be a hero uh, to one person a villain to another and some people will see him as a victim and that's that's an, as a personal thing it's not something it's not a trick question it's not something that that you know I have the answer and you have to find it that's that's really up to you as an individual to decide through your own sort of you know judgments and, and moral values and Hmm. So when writing your book, did you come across any challenges? Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's always going to be challenges. One of the biggest things is when you talk to people about writing, um, is it easier to write uh, fiction or is it easier to write um, sort of a real sort of uh, truth sort of stuff? And the initial reaction people have is when you write fiction, it's easy because you make everything up, right? It's it's You don't have to have any knowledge or, or things like that about real things. Everything's just make-believe. And I would have thought that way, but then you have to realize that the entire world has to be created because you don't have streets, you don't have buildings, you don't have, in some cases, a culture. Um, and that's what really happened to me. And I'd be writing the book. The book takes place almost exclusively either in the forest, in Joe's house, or in the church. Okay. And um, writing away in chapter one, and you know, if Joe's going to go down the hall, take the first left, and go to the washroom, and then three months later, 
you're writing the book and you're like, well, wait a minute, where was the, where was the washroom? Because I wrote that three months ago and, and I ended up, um, sort of stopping and, uh, I spent a lot of time creating, uh, character sort of, uh, images, uh, off the internet. I got blueprints, every building, uh, everything. I went on Google and found blueprints and I laid out oh, blueprints. That's a lot of work. Yes. I mapped, um, even though it is it, a fictitious story, it takes place in a very specific place in the Northwest territory. So I mapped out the entire town. I mapped out the, the location, the physical location, uh, within the territory. And whenever I was writing those sort of scenes, I always had character images or blueprints of buildings or, or layouts there as constant references just for myself to make sure that I was being consistent and accurate within a fictitious world that I created, mm-hmm. but you need to, to adhere to your own rules. Wow, so you almost need to have it all structure, a uh, uh, d- different structure as to where you're going with your story and to yes. remember, because you said it was like three, four months and then you, you forgot where it was yes. taking that- place in the first part. That is also, I mean, the, the next thing I really struggled with is how do you write a book? Um, what's, the, what's the system? What's the format for doing that? There really isn't a right answer. I've talked to other authors. Um, there are things that work for a lot of people, but everyone's a little unique. So when I started, I thought, I'm just going to write a storyline, a really short, maybe 2,000-word storyline, and then I'm going to extend it. I'm going to grow it. And um, I got a little ways with that, and I realized that doesn't work so well, at least for me, because through the process, you you know you can change. You can come up with something better or different, and then you're constantly rebuilding. And uh, so I tried to do sort of a more complete uh, version of each chapter, and then ended up. I actually went through the book thirteen times. Um, wow. And I was told uh, when I first started that the average author will read a book or sort of redo edit um, a book four times, and that absolutely terrified me. Uh, I said, this book's going to, it's going to be done twice and ended up being done 13 times. So I went much beyond every time you go through, there's less change. You know know what I mean? The the first time is very significant. And then every time you go through, um, it it gets easier and you have a, a much clearer vision with what you want. Interesting. Well, joining me today is Timothy Weatherhall, author of The Incarnations of Joe. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Beach Corner on BeachBoosterRadio.com. Is your new or existing business looking for recognition in Wasaga Beach? Beach Booster Group is your one-stop shop for all things local, all things promotional. Beach Booster will succeed in creating a complete local promotional package that can include high-profile outdoor, print, and radio promotion of your business and services. Beach Booster's community events offer additional opportunity for visible participation of your company in the Wasaga Beach area. Beach Booster Promotions also specializes in all types of promotional products and apparel to help you create your local and professional profile. Contact us at info at beachbooster.com or call 705-241-9762. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. Welcome back to Beach Corner on BeachBoosterRadio.com with my guest, Timothy Weatherall. So, Timothy, what made you decide to write a series as opposed to a novel? I don't think that decision was made uh, originally. When when I sat down that first day, again, I didn't know if I was going to write a book. And uh, it probably wasn't until half, three-quarters of the way through the book that I started to have a much bigger vision. So, when I started out, I sort of started down one storyline and... 
I tend to be very critical of myself. I, I think I'm pretty good at um, analyzing what, what is good and what isn't. And I thought it was well written in terms of, you know, my use of the language, but I didn't feel there was enough substance to the story. It, it had great action, but I wanted more substance. And when I sort of came up with a better um, storyline in terms of, of substance, I realized that the storyline was bigger than one book. Um, so I kind of decided then that it had to be a three-part series. That was before I had any real understanding of the, the business side of things. And, and as it turns out, you know, that was beneficial from the business side as well because the series tend to do better um, than, than individual books. People like to get engaged and they they like to, you know, if you read one, you, you want more. So when, when people know that there's more available or coming available, uh, they're more inclined to give that, that book a read and a try. So it's worked out well. So has this book fulfilled your dreams? This book has opened up new dreams. Um, I think that I, at one point, yeah, writing a book... Um, there was a dream of writing a novel, and as soon as I sort of had that book done before it was published, uh, a dream was fulfilled. Um, but I guess one dream leads to another, and so I, I don't know at one point, uh, what point anyone decides that, yeah, I'm, I'm fulfilled in life. But So, yeah, in a sense, it, it has, but it, it's opened up. Uh, it's an accomplishment. That's right, yes. I mean, you know, when you think back. It's an accomplishment, not an end. Absolutely. I mean, just think, how would your teacher feel? <laughs> I, think, I think that she would, uh, I think that she'd feel, feel proud of me, uh, particularly, um, you know, Carolyn Wilson, who's very well known in this area, who was my remedial teacher and was a very positive impact on my life. I had some teachers that maybe um, weren't as, as, as positive, but, you know, sort of that spitefulness in me, I'm going to show you, was, was a motivating factor. But, but absolutely, in, in the case of people that, that helped me and had faith in me, yeah, I, I think they'd be very happy. So what do you hope the readers will take away when reading The Incarnations of Joe? First of all, I hope that they're entertained. And, and uh, its core it is is entertainment people pick up a book um they spend their money because they want to enjoy something they want uh, a good feeling and sometimes you know being scared is is not necessarily good in some ways but you know you go to a scary movie or, or a romantic movie or a sad movie and it makes you cry i want them to feel emotion i want them to think i want them to be happy that that they they chose this book that they chose me and I want them to, you know, share that with uh, with other people um, at the end of the day. So I, I want them to feel that they, it was time well spent. So who designed your cover? I mean, it's a beautiful book. It, it is. The, the cover, um, the publisher has uh, a staff of uh, cover design people. Oh, so okay. uh, Jeff was my cover design person. Um, I didn't communicate directly with him, but I actually... Um, developed about six different mock-ups of my own i was so so particular about cover because they say that a person will decide in four seconds uh, whether or not they're going to pick up that book but um, i also heard don't don't judge a book by its cover absolutely <laughs> and absolutely true with 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 this book so i was just so particular with cover and i had about six designs i have a um an author facebook page and uh I presented all these covers to, to people for feedback and vote on this and what do you like and what do you don't like and uh, I narrowed it down to um, two sort of and then to one and then uh, it just the storyline had changed and I, I just didn't have that feeling that this was the one you know you're like this is really good but this isn't the one and I thought you know what I'm not an artist uh, I'm not a cover design person and Instead of giving, uh, you know, I gave Jeff all this direction about, about what I wanted, and I thought, you know, this person is the artist, this person, that's their business. So I said, here, here's what you do. You kind of take my idea, do your best, and I want you to, with no instruction whatsoever from me, I want you to come up with something on your own that this is yours, and you can look at this cover and say, I did this, um, and that's the one. I came home, I looked at it, 
and it took me only two seconds, uh, not wow. four. So this this one had nothing to do with me. It was the right thing to sort of step back and and let this other person who who I've never met in person and and trust them and their skill and their business. So, you know. so describe the cover for our listeners because we we can't see the box. So, so it's a it's a what's on there? It's an artistic sort of. Um, there's an artistic phrase for it, like a negative sort of image. So we have um, some sort of uh, abstract coloring um, to the left side of the book is Joe, um, the boy, no face is shown. Uh, to the right side of the book is a uh, wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wolf is uh, a, certainly a central figure uh, in the story. Um, the wolf uh, may not be a common wolf. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe a little bit more to the wolf, uh, but I'll leave that to, to the reader to find out. And then really emphasizing on the forest where... Um, the story takes place again in the in the Northwest Territories in the Nahani Valley, which is uh, just below the Mackenzie Mountain Range, and um, a lot of rock, a lot of forest, and, and certainly the nature of the environment up there plays a big part of the book. And there's also like a sort of a line right in the middle here that yes. I see, and so, sort of split the the image. It's that yeah, this is actually sort of the negative image. So we have the tree trunk, and this oh, is this intended is to be sort of the uh, foliage of the tree. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay, when I was just looking at it, it just looked like it looked like a road. I wasn't sure. Yeah. What but you're right now that I look at it further away. Oh, and you see, I gotcha. It looks very nice. So you have two more series in the works. So what are you planning to release the second book? I mean, this one just came out. So So what are you looking at? The ideal... who would be for them to be done right now? Uh, that's that. That's the that's the best thing to do. Um, it took me two years to to do the first one. That's not fast enough. So I, I have uh, targeted a year um, from now to to have that. Um, that may be ambitious, but certainly the feedback that I'm getting from people is, okay, I'm done. I'm ready. I want the, I want the next one. I can't wait. And uh, you know, so you really have to. I do have to do my absolute best to make sure that I get that to people. Um, before they move on to something else, but but you know just to sort of please the the people that are waiting. Um, but I won't I won't rush it to I won't I won't release anything until mm-hmm. I'm personally uh, 100% satisfied with it. The storyline itself is complete for all three books. So we we have sort of the the framework, we have the design, we have the blueprint. It's just a matter of uh, putting that together in a way that I'm satisfied with. So uh, how does it feel to have your first book published? It is, you know, you talk about feeling a real mix of emotion. So you have that happiness, you have that I did it, you have that sense of uh, accomplishment. But being a first-time author, you, you, I have a real insecurity um, about me. Um, the book will be judged, I will be judged, and, you know, you have to have the, the thick skins. Uh, people will love this book um, and people will not like this book. They'll love it for different reasons and not like it for different reasons. Um the writing itself I means some people can judge well what is the the skill level of the writer uh, they will judge the the storyline um, you know uh, all sorts of things so so I have that sort of nervous side of me I personally feel proud of the book um, how so. did you feel once you got this book at home because I know you do have a YouTube on your website yes showing you just got the books and you're sharing this with your dogs and your old yeah. so the first time you actually went oh my gosh and my name's on here it was it was really exciting um, Actually, a few friends actually got their books before me. They had actually ordered uh, the book went available online before I got my personal copies. Oh my gosh. And so uh, I had kind of, uh, I had seen uh, the book before a little bit. No, I hadn't physically held the book. Um, yeah, it's, it's almost, for me, I mean, everyone is so different. Uh, some people might have cried. I'm, I'm internally a very emotional person. Um, externally, it's a little bit hard to, to see, but I'm definitely feeling things that, that you you didn't necessarily see. 
and um, you know, holding it, it's it's almost like you know, if you finish a marathon, you have that elation inside, but you're just you're sort of so exhausted at, at that point. It's um, it's almost uh, like a relaxing, a calming for me that uh, I'm finished, I'm here, as as opposed to that sort of. Um, really sort of outward extroverted um elation it was it was sort of a, a calm inward sort of breath yeah I, I made it and what advice can you share with others who would like to write a book we hear that often we say, oh, yeah. i want to write a book i should write a book and what advice can you give them after doing this your first book i'm going to give them the simplest advice that, that i could give which is write a book um uh, people i mean i'll expand a little bit on that people say you know i want to write a book i have an idea i have a good scene i have I have this, I have that. I just need to, you know, they, they, what they have is bits and pieces and a lot of excuses. Um, when I started, I didn't have a book. I had scenes. I had an idea. I thought, oh, wouldn't this look amazing? I tend to be a visual person more so than, um, you know, just sort of reading and stuff. So I see things and then I try and translate what I see. I'm like, this would look amazing in a movie. You know, this, this scene, but scenes do not make a book. A book is, is a marathon and there is no way that you're going to have it all before you start. You start writing and you write a book and maybe it's terrible. And if it's terrible, that's fine uh, because next time it will be better, you know, and you, you go back and you find out, you know, how to make it better, how to make it better. I found out quite honestly, when I wrote this book, what started as some of my worst, you know, the stuff that where I personally not happy with it ends up being the best. It, it's actually the mediocre stuff that scares me. And the reason for that is you write the book you review it yourself and you're like, okay, this part, I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm leaving it. And you say, okay, this part, not happy at all. So then you start putting all sorts of energy into the parts that aren't happy and then the parts that you weren't happy with end up sort of suppressing the parts that you were originally very happy with. And what, what tends to happen is the stuff that sort of falls in the middle uh, can get left behind a little bit. So um, just keep at it. I know we talk to other authors and, uh, you know, you think that you're reading their first book and I, and I find out, no, that's, that's their fourth book. And, and they, they say, that, you know, I will not let you read my first three. Um, I looked, uh, at a lot of books about publishing and about authors. And the one book in particular, um, had rejection letters that were sent to famous authors and they had reproduced them. And it's kind of like, you know, wow. Um, I don't remember a lot of the specific examples, but, um, Stephen King was one where there was an incredible story about him where he had, I don't remember how many times he was rejected, but he actually just crumpled the paper up, threw it in the waste basket, and it was his wife that, that actually pulled uh, his book out of the, out of the trash um, and said, no, I, have, I believe in this, and we, we know where Stephen King is today, but, but wow. he was rejected to the point where he had actually quit. It was his wife that, that pushed him on. That's amazing. So, so where can we buy your book? You can buy my book uh, right now. Uh, everything's sort of focused through my website, uh, okay. which is uh, www.timothyweatherall.com. Um, so it's available on all of the sort of major uh, ebook retailers. If you're into the ebook, um, Amazon, iTunes, Kobo, Google Play, um, Nook, uh, all of those things. You can go directly to those sites. Um, you can order physical copies um, through my publisher, which is Friesen Press. Uh, they're a Canadian publisher out of Victoria, BC. Okay. So I have an author page on Friesen Press, and all of this stuff links through my, my personal website if, if you're having trouble finding that. Mm -hmm. um, so through Friesen Press or through Amazon, 
um, or chapters you can you can order physical copies through the mail. So yeah, you have to order it. It's not in the store yet. You think on the shelves? I am uh, working on stores right now um, to get it into uh, retailers, uh, people that are local here in, oh, in sure. the area, absolutely through me directly. So I'm working at stores. That's one of the things that people don't understand is that they, they think, when's in the store? Every book that's written goes to the store. I researched, I found out that there are uh, in the neighborhood of 3 million books worldwide produced every year. They can't all go in the store. So it is extremely, extremely difficult wow. to get shelf space. I, I walk into chapters in Barry, you know, so it's such a big store and you think, They've got everything here, uh, and they have such a small percentage. So um, even the big name uh, authors, you know, have to do a lot of marketing uh, to to get that sort of shelf space. So we are looking for retailers, and I will update people through my website. Um, when and I'm sure locally we can get it. My goodness, you've yes. been here all your life. I don't want to make any promises, but, but we've we've absolutely been yeah. been talking to some people and and, and had interest in that and. Uh, Looking for for more interest for sure. Oh, look on! Online. It is also available at the Wasaga Beach Public Library. Um, okay. The very first copy um, from my copies that I was given uh, went to the Wasaga Beach uh, Public Library as, nice. a, as a donation, and I was uh, I was really happy to to make that contribution uh, to the library. So if people are looking at um, you know, they just want to take it out from the library. So absolutely go to the Wasaga Beach Public Library. Excellent. Well, thank you, Timothy, for being my guest and wishing you continued success with your book series of the Incarnations of Joe. Thank you very much. I was so happy to be here today. You're listening to Beach Corner on BeachBoozRadio.com. Don't go away. We'll be back after this short break. Hello, I'm Margaret Atwood, and you're listening to BeachBoozRadio.com. Well, this is a wrap for me. I would like to thank Timothy Weatherall for being my guest and wish him all the best of success with his first publication fantasy fiction series of the incarnations of Joe the Key. This book, published by Friesen Press, is available at major ebook retailers, Amazon, iTunes, Kobo, Google Play, Nook, and for a hard copy, you can order from Friesen Press, Chapters Indigo, and Amazon. For more information, visit timothyweatherall.com. With Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio, I'm Donna Chickie. Beach Corner's broadcast weekly on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 5 and 7 p.m. and is a regular feature in Beach Booster Publication. If you would like to be featured on Beach Corner, please contact Diana at beachbooster.com. I welcome your visit to my Facebook and Twitter pages. Bye-bye, everyone. The preceding program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Written, recorded, and produced in Wasaga Beach, Ontario. We thank you for listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's only locally owned and operated radio station. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. Hi, this is Brian Smith, Mayor of the Town of Wasaga Beach, and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio.